where I barely had sleep. But I had to work more than competition. I can't live like the opposition. Living everything I dreamed of. Doing everything you think of. The way I work, I'm on the brink of. Doing numbers like a brain truck. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to the Listen Up Podcast with Michigan Lance. I'm your host, Michigan Lance. Brought to you by Fernando's. All right? Get your Fernando's fix. Uh, Fernando's has two Omaha locations, 114th and Dodge and 75th and Pacific, with the iconic table on the roof. All right? Uh, They've been serving our community in Omaha for 28 years. Um, Great Mexican fare and Omaha's best margaritas. Please come for the food. Come back for the total experience. Excellent, fresh, authentic recipes served in a casual, warm atmosphere are Fernando's mission and promise to you. All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, um, I have a very special uh, guest here today. Um, I wanted him to be on my first show. Uh, we couldn't get it done, and then I had to think, okay, when the next time I could get in him? And I think, and I thought that, you know, the end of the football season, uh, right around the holidays when everything's over, especially with the Nebraska uh, Cornhuskers football team. Uh, we can get a little bit more insight on how the total experience and insight of the season went. And so without further ado, uh, I want to introduce Orange Bowl MVP of 1996, all right, uh, University of Nebraska football captain um, and, and Omaha legend and Hall of Famer, all right? Without further ado, Damon Benny. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, my man? Welcome I, to the show. I appreciate it. It's, <laughs> it's interesting being on the other side of this, right? Usually it's me talking to you. Exactly, exactly. And, and getting insight from you, man. So I kind of like the role reversal because you're pretty good when you're in control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I like to be. So. <laughs> right. That, that, <laughs> this so may be new stuff. for me, right? Careful what I ask for? Hey, man. You know, hey, man. We just, hey, just a podcast conversation. That's all. All right? That's all we're doing here. So just like we normally have our conversation. So that's the beauty of it. Um, I, I guess I got to start from the. I want to go back, and then obviously we, we'll pull up to the current. But there's so if, if you don't know, uh, me and Damon Benning are, are, are actually good friends, and and it's crazy because our <laughs> our friendship actually kind of started when in in part of our lives that wasn't the best for us individually, right? right. <laughs> so each, each, each going through our own trials and tribulations, right? Right, and so. We, we we go this I guess we grow this bond because of what we were going through, and so we got to know about uh, deep feelings and interactions and how we are before the kind of like the fluff stuff, right? <laughs> Which right. is different. Yeah, it was weird, right? We went deep before um, we started messing around with all the topical stuff because when people hear us and see us now, it's like, oh, man, these guys yuck it up. They're like brothers. They argue. They fight and stuff. But, like, we went there early. Yeah. Um, And so it was kind of backwards order. But, you know, the funny thing is, is you can always recognize when somebody's got the ability to understand things at a deeper level. Mm. They, they have some depth to them. Right. And so early on, even though I didn't have a lot of telltale signs, I could just kind of tell by your delivery and kind of the way that you talked and what you had been through, um, at least from a coaching standpoint, I thought there was some, like, relatability. Then once I, wow. got, then once I got in there, I was like, oh, okay, I can, 
I can share a little bit with him. He's yeah. got, he's he's got some maturity to him where cuz you know, when I was meet when I met you, that was 11 12, you know, 10 11 12. 10 was right. you were coming you were still at Benson. Yep. So I was seeing you in passing because you were good friends with Jamar Dorsey and right. and uh, 11 when I we brought you on staff um over at Omaha Northwest. Yep. It was like okay. I, I, I'm going, there's a lot in here. I'm kind of going through it. <laughs> right. I didn't have anybody to share yeah. it with because at that time, yeah. you know, I'm carrying around these burdens of a struggling, you know, soon-to-be failed marriage and, right. and uh, a lot of bad life decisions. So it was just like, oh, okay, I got a guy. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, caught I, up in the I, whirlwind I, 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 there. I got yeah. a and guy. I, and, you know, it's funny because from a distance or from afar, I didn't know, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and yeah, but we spent so much time together. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, when you, when, like you said, when you start spending time and sooner or later, you know, some things going to start coming out, like you said, that, that trust. And so, um, go, going back. So I want to go. So why I brought that up is like, so there's two people that you are big fans of that I didn't even know about until like recently within the last year. And we never talked about them because they're two of my favorite people growing up too. Mm-mm. So I want to know why. Like okay. I, I know why for me. I want to know why for you uh with and that, and those two people are Tupac Shakur and Malcolm X, El Haj yeah, Malik El Shabazz. Two of my favorites. Um you and, know and so, yeah, so let's, you know, you let's know go back. You know what's funny about um Brother Little uh, yep. as he was as he was born. So right here in Omaha, Nebraska, by so, the way. So um <laughs> L.J. Richardson was over the other day. Okay. And he's taking care of a lot of, um, you know, he's getting ready for college, right? Right. So we're going through this work grind, and, and he's doing his thing with his schoolwork. This is last weekend. Okay. And uh, he just so happens to be doing a report, and it's on Malcolm X. Okay. So I perked up a little <laughs> bit. I said, hey, let me go get my portfolio. So I have this old art portfolio that I had from when I was at Teachers College in Lincoln where I had to do all these projects, and um, they're called practicums. Yep. And so a lot of my, almost all of my creative work is about Malcolm X. Oh, wow. The artwork, the history, the reports, it's crazy. Uh, and what and what gravitated me to, why what drew me to him is because number one he's pretty complex mm-hmm. the perception is one thing yep the depth is another most definitely I feel like that's a lot of of me whatever it is that you probably think about me without knowing me I can almost guarantee is wrong <laughs> true right because true. You, you probably assume a lot of certain things about me until you get in there yep and and that was what a lot of of Malcolm X was right the I liked his quiet strength. I liked his resolve. I, I liked the fact that um, ultimately he accepted his fate with dignity. Most definitely. And and did it the way that uh, where he knew that we would talk about him for uh, he made the ultimate sacrifice. He knew what was coming. Yes. And he yes. took it anyway. Um, and so he's from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a huge historian. Um, uh, we, he would always take me to the black, um, museum mm-hmm. and which is right by our first church, our only church was St. John AME, which right. is over off of 24th and Lake. Yep. And so part of Omaha's history was always 
interesting to me. So that that kind of drew me towards um, Malcolm X. Now, with regards to um, Tupac, Tupac Shakur, I was that was at a stretch where I was really really impressionable. Okay, and you're probably gonna laugh. But, you know, I was a big UIMTV raps guy, right? You know, Fat Five Freddy. Well, yeah, I think we all were. That's all we but had. Listen, but listen, so <laughs> right. it it wasn't the shoot 'em up, bang, bang, I'm hard type stuff. Right. Do you know the song that drew me in with Tupac? Uh, probably the same one that drew me in, Brenda's Got a Baby. Absolutely. <laughs> and we never the, knew. I, we never talked about The that. video was so deep yep. in what he was saying. I was like. Ah, that's different. Like nobody yep. was really, nobody oh, not was at that really, time. nobody was really doing that. Early nineties, and at uh, I, I was, I was hooked, you know, and and I felt like he had this. Um, again, it's always usually with me. It comes down to internal struggles. Oh, most the internal definitely. struggles to what you see <laughs> in his yep. outward opinion uh, appearance, and you know the hardship that he had with his mom and. And and what she went through and what it meant to her, but yet how it shaped him, yep, um, was always interesting to me because uh, coming from more of a traditional household where, you know, my dad was the head of the household and people kind of referred to us as the Huxtables or the Cosbys <laughs> right. or whatever, right? Um, I knew that my mom quietly was kind of the backbone of that uh-huh. house. Okay, right. right. So it it. I, I resonated just, somewhat. Yeah, I got without, you without question. Yep. You know, my I just got a dog, another dog. I have I have two now. My first my first dog is Biggie, mm-hmm. and we wanted to go with Pac for the second dog, but <laughs> right. I didn't want a one syllable word for a little dog. And we then we were gonna go with Junior with Junior <laughs> Mafia, and then you know the kids wanted Shakur, and I didn't want to call him Shag, so we ended up going with Buddha. But that's just how the right. That's just kind of the the reverence that I have for 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 somebody like Tupac Shakur. That, that's funny that you say that because so my mom introduced me to Malcolm X. She she actually got gave me the all. My mom is big literary um, literature, you know, reader, English major in college, and she was a non traditional student. She went to college at forty. I was ten years old, and so she would always got me into reading, and so she gets me the. In seventh grade, she gives me the autobiography of Malcolm X. Now, this is the first time I'm hearing this about him. Uh, I think the movie had just came out. I, I don't think I saw it yet. Yep. And so, because this was around 92, I think the movie came out in 91 or something. I don't think I saw it yet. And so, or maybe I did, but I was like, uh, you know what? I'm going to wait on this book. I'm not ready for this at seventh grade. Okay, deep. And so, right, yeah, you think back on it now, like, right. And so I start reading it the summer of my 10th grade year where I felt I could really understand it. And uh, and then from then on, you know, it, it was on, you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, I cut back on pork and this, that, and that. And I was the same thing with you because of the way I grew up. Well, the difference, though, I, I grew up single parent and, 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 and not men in and out, well, you know, stepfather in and out of my life growing up. And so um, just those, yeah, like you said, those struggles where I see, okay, somebody else is going through what I'm going through. Because mm-hmm. when you're young, you don't talk about nope. the, the you, bad you things you You don't have the through. capacity or the, you know, you don't right. have the confidence. Right. And so then Pot, he comes out, he he's he resonates with me right away when he, 
clown around when I hang around with the underground. He does his first verse with Digital Underground, and he was like, uh, the girls gassed me, but when they passed me, they used to diss me, mm. harass me, but now they ask me if they, like, I'm like, hey, man, I'm this little chunky fat kid. Yeah, they diss me too. Wait till I get Yeah, looking <laughs> you know for something I mean? that you could. Right, relate to. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> my my thing, the thing that I really liked about him was he was a he was a loyalty guy. Oh, most definitely. And, me too. Oh and yeah, and that's that's important to me because he would always kind of stress how you know your real guys know you don't have to call them every day. Uh, you know they just know. Yep. They and and so I'm just like you know that's kind of how I like to be because my my inner workings like that. The core of me, even though I talk for a living, mm-hmm. I I, pref- I don't prefer dialogue. That's true. I'm, I'm more that to myself. True. Yep. I like to mind my own business. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a house guy. Yep. Uh, the other part that people hear when they hear me talk and, and, and do the TV and all that, that's just a byproduct of of, of what I do. Um, I enjoy it. Don't get me right, wrong. Right. But it's, it's, it's not really who I am. I, right. I, that's I, true. I much prefer. More, I much prefer the the introvert, um, self reflective, most definitely vantage point. Yeah, right. I keep a super small <laughs> circle. Right, right. You know, it's like I always tell you, and I, uh-huh. I know you laugh at me because it's weird, but it's like, you know, I'll go through these lulls where I have a hard time returning calls or. Oh yeah, most definitely. But what do I always say? Hey man, the front door is open. Yeah, that is true. Just come by. Right, right. And, and I know you think that's funny. You're like, man, how do I look just coming to this man's house? <laughs> right. But if I announced and but, all but, that, you but know? if I say that to you, right. My family's on board with that too. Yep. And that's how I feel. Right. Right. Like, and it took me a long time to figure. That's, I think this year is when I figured that that's out. That's just how I am. Yeah, and, and I'm just like, that's like ten years. It's been ten years we've been yeah. friends. And, uh, yeah, like, I just, 10, 11 years, and I just figured that out. I'm like, dude, I'm not just popping. You know, black people, we don't just pop up. I know. Listen, I know. Unannounced. <laughs> you Believe know what I mean? Me. Better call before listen, you come. In, in my house as a kid, we my friends couldn't even go in the kitchen. You couldn't go upstairs. Right, you right, exactly. I get it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know yeah. how it goes. Right, but, right. But that was, like, the ultimate extension of kind yeah. of what I felt. Like, just come by. Right. right. Like, yeah, everybody I, over there loves you. Like it's no big right, deal, right? right? Like it's like I get it. No, right? You know, yeah. You, you you check my my one of my oldest or my oldest boy the other day on social media. That's Coach, uh-huh. and he immediately re- responded, "My bad, Coach." <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. He right? Him like my because first name, right, right, because he was comfortable. Right? But he understands. He right. <laughs> yeah, hey, he wasn't offended that you talked to him like that. He right. gets it. He's like, oh. Right, that is that's that's yeah that's dad's guy. Right, this is how he met. Yeah, he knew. Like, yeah, exactly. You, you have it like that. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got coming across yeah that way. But yeah, you know, and, and so that brings me, you know, so I got insight on that. And so how, so I'm younger than DB. I, I became a fan of Damon, um, obviously because he's from Omaha. And then he's on TV in Nebraska. So I'm always rooting for these. Omaha guys, even though I'm not a fan, and, and and my sister went to Northwest. I think she was a freshman when you were a senior, so mm-hmm. and so got some insight there, and so uh, and always hearing your name and seeing you and all that, and so I'm watching you at Nebraska, and it's finally your turn at the famous IBAC position, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, here we go, Omaha, let's represent because this was, you know, 
uh, right after Calvin, who I, who I, I saw, I was like nine years old seeing Calvin in high school. Did you grow up a Central guy? No, I did. Uh, no. Okay. I was kind of sort of had some cousins that went to Central, um, so that kind of they caught my eye with that. Okay. And so, um, and so, but but not really. I didn't. Nobody immediately. My cousins were cousins, but they were still kind of see. We, we're a, we're a pro Central, right? Household. Which is crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Until I got older, and I'm like, dude. And it's like you were supposed to be the next one because yeah. in that gap you were at Northwest. Everybody Central said didn't that. have a running back. Everybody said that. <laughs> and it's like you know, and, and that's crazy. So how'd you come up with that decision? Um, part of it is my personality, right? I I wasn't gonna do what what everybody else in my family <laughs> did, right? I mean, that the was a big brother. part of that was uh-huh. a big part of it. I was a little defiant, but baseball was my favorite sport. Oh, okay. You know, and at that time, I wanted to be different. I wanted to be, um, you know, Northwest had a great baseball program, and and I knew that the Central already had a, a, a really good uh, African American baseball player in Kamara Barty. Right, he was a little older than me. Yep. And I wanted to do my own thing. Okay. And and Northwest, you don't want to be in the shadow, kind of. Yeah, you know, okay. Northwest was close to my house. Right, and. I played for the Omaha Gladiators baseball and football. So in Irvington, yep. you know, it's right Northwest literally area. just yep. across the way. And so it was really, really convenient. And, and uh, you know, they really were following what I was doing. And, you know, it wasn't recruiting back then. But, right. you know, people that know people, they talk. And, yep. and and so it became real comfortable for me to do. But my the second choice would still wouldn't have been central. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I would have gone to North. Oh wow! Yeah. I oh, because your guy. Uh, well, I would have gone the teammate to, or what? Yeah. Okay. I, you know, Clinton and I were yep. were really really good friends. Right. You know, we, we teammates kinda, for the Gladiators. Yep. He played uh-huh. with me in, in in little league, and uh, his coach at the time, Herman Colvin, was the head football coach, mm-hmm. and he said, "Hey, you can play quarterback here." And, and you can go, you can pick up right where you left off. You know, Steve Stanifer would have, would have, would have been one of my receivers, and Clinton would have been my running back. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he just had this whole thing kind of laid out. And at the very end, I was just like, man, if you guys were only good at baseball, right? Like, right, exactly. Was, yeah, because they weren't at all. That was that <laughs> right. would have been that would have been something pretty cool. And and so I remember, um, you know, telling. My dad, who was assistant superintendent at the time, that I wanted to go to Omaha Northwest, mm-hmm. and somehow, some way, while I know he wasn't like overjoyed or happy, <laughs> uh-huh. he let me do it because he was the hammer. There's no question, right. right? Like if he didn't want me to go there, I wouldn't have gone there. <laughs> I got you, okay. But he he was okay. I mean, he had a lot of respect for for Jack Hallstrom, who was the principal at the time. And, okay, and. Um, you know, the rest is history. Well, let me ask you this. Since we were talking about your childhood, mm-hmm. how much of a role did being labeled as the Huxtables mm-hmm. play in that decision and your decision-making of doing things different? Yeah, that that's a lot, right? I struggled for as confident as I appear to be now and, and, and the ability to be real candid about what makes me tick. I really struggled. As a kid, right when elementary, not so much, 
You know, there were a lot of other people that looked like me. Middle school was cool. But as I got older and and um, I started to see what some of my other friends were doing, mm-hmm. um, that, I, that identity shift was different. You know, my parents lived off of 90th and Fort. Mm-hmm. Which, which at was that time west was back yeah, then. <laughs> but which at that time was way out there, right? Um, you know, we talked a certain way. We lo- we right. We we just were kind of different, and so right. going through school, people always use my dad against me as like yep. lever- like as like yep. leverage, right? Mm-hmm. Well, does your dad know that you do this, or did your dad <laughs> right. know that you say this? And and I was pretty well versed in communicating early. Okay. And so, you know, I would say things like, you know, he would respect you a lot more if you didn't. <laughs> and I would right. say this, right? I would uh-huh. say, listen, you know what? He'd probably think a lot more of you as an employee of the district if you just did your own thing and didn't involve him, right? Like, that's mm. why you're here. And immediately, you know, the first, you know, my mom will tell you, the first 11 years of school, a, a teacher called home at least once or twice a year. And I struggled. Wow. Right. Just because I was uncomfortable. I was I was too dark for some. Yep. And not dark enough for others. Right. Right. So that was always a, it was always a tough balance for yep. me. And the socioeconomic status yeah. as well. Right. You know what I mean? And you know the funny thing was too, it was like you guys just don't know. Like every Every two weeks, you know, we would go down to either Bob's or Bedford's and we would buy in bulk and we would right. separate it as kids and put stuff in the freezer so we had it and we would plan out meals for the week and mm-hmm. we bought Betsy Baker chips, which were plain <laughs> label, right? right. We didn't we didn't do that. We didn't go out to eat. We we uh-huh. you know, a, a treat would be going to like you know, my sister worked at Burger King. Okay. And she would bring home all the same thing. You couldn't pick you couldn't pick. <laughs> uh huh. Right, it would be five cheeseburgers, five small fries. Everybody got one. <laughs> right, right. If if you were really lucky, you would get the bag because whatever fell was yours. Right, right? exactly. Like, it just wasn't like people thought. You know, right. we we I, I picked out shoes from 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 Osco. Ah, not, yes, not, not Osco. Costco. Right, Osco. Yes, I remember. Which Osco. started as Skags. <laughs> okay, okay, where you had to find the match. Uh huh. A good a a good you know. Before the the sporting season, we would go down to Hoffs and we could pick out a pair of shoes. I didn't know that, you know, like my my dad was good with the store. And so when we would pick something out and they would settle up later. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Right. You know, like that was just the relationship that he had with the family. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like people think. Yeah, the stereotype. Right. There were just, there there. were just three things that were really important to my parents. They wanted me to, to maximize in school. Hygiene was important. I always had to be clean. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom is that was that yep. was big, and I had to treat adults with respect. Mm. Those were those that was really right. That was it. Okay, you know, it wasn't anything. We didn't really have anything that ain't. My dad had the same car dealer for thirty years. <laughs> right, right, right. Like Stan Olson was his guy. Uh huh. Didn't trust anybody. It yep. was about relationships yep. with him. And those were the things that were hard to explain to people that thought that I had things that I really didn't. So your so mom was a stay-at-home mom. Yes, she was. Right. So it's a one-income household. Yes, sir. And that's what people don't understand. Yeah, it was tough with five of us. Right. And so I, and I'm the youngest of five. Right. And so, but but there's something that I, I told you to embrace a couple years ago. Because I do it with my kids. 
hey, man, it's okay because we grew up, because we were, the black people were so poor in the 80s, mm-hmm. we resented seeing the Huxtables. Yeah, because that wasn't like us. Right. And it's like, so then when we saw a family that was living in a better place, oh, you live out west, which is the so-called, you know, upper, you know, socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. And so they just assumed. That's how we grew up thinking. And and and, and I, re- I remember telling you, hey, man, it's okay to have that family structure of your parents mm-hmm. and you having the same structure and you doing it too. I remember I had to tell you, hey, man, you're starting to fall in to the way I grew up. Yeah. Like, hey, man, nah, don't do that. Yeah, I, I, I remember. <laughs> They're like, because I understand uh, the struggle. We only have so much time. People have right, no idea right. all the. There were a lot of talks, that right? We, exactly that, that we exactly. had where, you know, I go back and I think about it, and and, you know, real time, it's hard to be able to receive. Uh, oh yeah, you know, messages. Most definitely, you, you have to be. You know, it's like when the when, if the soil is super dry. Oh yeah, you can water it, but only so much is gonna take. Yep, right. And you can really only feed those who are gonna be fed. And I remember a lot of things that you said to me from time to time. Some would elicit anger. Mm-hmm. Some would cause like self reflection. Right. And some I would just shut it down. Like, come on, man. You know, and and I remember when you were telling me about kind of embracing that and not everybody has it like that. It was one of those first early indications, especially as I was coming off the struggle buses, Mm -hmm. you know, um, my first marriage is falling apart Mm -hmm. real time. Right. Right. Having all these conflicts with what was going on with administration at Northwest that I'm like, if I could have just received the information real time. Exactly. Exactly. But you know what the byproduct of that is now? You hear it every day when I'm on the show. And people can't, if it's not your lifestyle or if it's not your belief process, it sounds like Portuguese, but what do I always say? Just because something has been doesn't mean it always will be. Yes, sir. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean that they can't contribute any value in your life. Don't close yourself off to reading articles because you don't like that author or because you get a caller that is historically bad. Listen, we've had callers that are bad nine out of ten times, but there's one time yep. they may be okay, right? Where I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. So that's why I'm real, I'm I'm passionate about always trying to take something from somebody yep. because they have a different vantage point than you. And it's, sometimes it's hard for people to oh, wrap yeah. their mind around that because. It's not my way. Yeah. It's not my belief. Or. It's not, you know. You just don't want to give it the time. Yeah, that too. And I'm yeah. so paranoid now. <laughs> I'm afraid to miss something. Uh huh. So you want to know it all. You want be, you want to receive as much well, information. How, as you but can. how long did I put that off? You remember right. the conversation? I'm 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 almost in tears at Omaha Northwest over people not understanding what we're doing with these kids. Yeah. yeah. Off the field. Right. Right. Literally. Yeah. I'm like, if I could just get them a win. Yep. You know, we do this at practice yep. and this at practice. Mm-hmm. 
we're better in school and we're yep. having breakfasts and we're meeting as a team and attendance is study up. halls we, after school. Hey, we <laughs> got the co- we got a coach's office built out of a portable where the community came and rallied and they helped clean up the yep. school and provided mowed the lawn, bus. right? Like, yep. which I couldn't even keep. <laughs> right. A van. They provided a van. Most definitely. A van was donated and it was right. like, nah, you guys can't have this. I'm like, see, you're not, you're not about me. You're exactly. not for us. Yep. Right. So, yep. so my point in saying all that is, is, I remember you told me, I'm, I'm whining one night, it's late, you know, we're the last ones there, we had just given the game away to Brian. Mm-hmm. That was one of the three games, Lincoln High, Brian, and I felt like we had a good chance against Benson. Yes. Um, that we actually could have won. Right, exactly, most definitely. Okay, because there yep. weren't, those opportunities didn't present themselves. Most and definitely. It was after the Brian game, and, and, uh, one of our players, the twin, had the episode with the door. Uh, door shatters, and and my principal comes down on me, and I'm I'm not happy with him because he was on bus duty, and we were coming up from the field, and he didn't speak, mm-hmm. and I I felt some type of way about right. that, right? Oh yeah, and, I remember uh, that. Yep. And uh, we're in the locker room, and I'm just talking about like I just wish people could understand what's going on with the kids. And mm-hmm. he said, "Man, listen, DP." You can't save them all. And I was so mad at you for that. <laughs> uh-huh. How come I can't? Right. Well, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. He said, you'll drive yourself crazy trying. Yep. What do I, what's, what do I say now? <laughs> can't save them all. Yep. <laughs> yes, you indeed. can only feed those that want to be fed. Exactly. That's you, it. Listen. Yep. Once you realize that, oh, yeah. And, but it um, it didn't immediately curb my oh, appetite right. to try. Oh, most definitely, yeah. But I do have a breaking point now. Okay. When before it was like. Yeah, you were going until. Because you man. would say, you have your own kids. Yep. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I remember. And that. I was so, I'm like, I, as if I don't know, right? That's right. what I wanted to say. I know I have my own uh-huh. kids. Like, DB, you have your own kids. You need to invest in your own family. Yep. You need to invest in your own family. You need to invest in your own family. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> right, right. Right? Yep. But over time, yep. I, as I'm in a better place to you receive are, it. You've got it, you've got it figured out. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 figuring it out. No, right? you've got it figured out because I see the relationship with your daughter uh as well and, and, and your son. And I was kind of sp- I was speaking a lot to that. Yeah. Early on too. Right. You know what I mean, I, but I didn't. I didn't want to. I well, you, to offend, I, I, like, hey, I get it. You could, you could express disappointment. You're like, hey, man, you don't talk about your daughter much. Yeah, and I'm like, eh, <laughs> I yep. don't. Right. I had every excuse in the book. Yep. Right. Yep. You're like, nah, man, nah, yep. no, no, no. You need to right put that out there more. Most definitely. Because, because, because uh, the the unique situation we have because it's a back and forth, right? It's a give and take. And so the kids you were helping is what I, I was one of those kids. That's how I grew up. Right. Now, my family, what I built, what I'm building is from what you came from. Mm. So I'm learning from you and your father. Like the, one of the greatest joys to me and ex, uh, is, is when your father um, expressed like just gracious words about me, nice words about me. Just by watching me, 
not knowing me. Yeah. Like that 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 meant a lot to me, my man. Like because here's a black father who who who's a black father that at the time that me and you grew up, there weren't a lot around. Now, when he was coming up, there was a lot. But when we were coming up, it wasn't. And so for him to say nice things about me to you uh, and he just watched me, man, that, that meant the world to me. Yeah, so the funny thing about that is he was my best friend. Yep. And... um Uh, during that time, so 11, 12, uh-huh. that was the first diagnosis of Okay, the early onset of dementia. Right. I really didn't know at the time. And uh, I'm sh- struggling, right, with what's going on at, at Northwest and what's going on at home. And, and uh, if you remember... I made the decision to get rid of one of our assistants. Yep. And I had talked to my dad about as best I could because he was still pretty sharp in, in some capacities. And he told me, you need to keep, he used to call you Coach G. <laughs> you need to keep Coach G close to you. Mm. And so I only get emotional telling the story because, as you know, when I made the decision to do what we did with the staff and mm-hmm. you've got to go and you can stay and you've got to go and you can stay. I lost brought new couple, people in. Uh-huh. I, lost, I lost a couple of friends. Yeah, you did. Yep. And, and one of my friends at the time told me that I chose the wrong guy. Yep. And, um, I felt like at that time there are those that are above me that chose the wrong guy as well. So mm. you're riding with that guy you know, who could still um, kind of sow seeds of discontent from afar. Most definitely. And it was permeating throughout the building. And it sounds like a lot of excuses, but it's about yeah. as real as it gets. Exactly. Because I'm, I'm bearing my soul right now because yep. I go back to my dad having enough wherewithal and sense mm-hmm. to say, keep that guy close to you. Mm. And I had had some people on that staff that were closer to me for longer right. that he didn't say anything about. Wow. So that was interesting. To wow. Me, right. And he was my best friend because after he passed away and I'm kind of going through this period where I don't really have anybody to talk to, I realized, hey, man, I don't have a lot of good friends. Right. Like this here, this was the guy. Yep. Right. So I just, I always felt like that was interesting that. Because it empowered me to make the decision I made. Because as you know, at that time, it wasn't very popular. No, it wasn't. Not at all. It, it, and that comes back, and that goes to faith. Like you, you, your father and you have faith in me. Yeah. And I took the job because my father-in-law said Don Benny's a good man. Yeah. You need to go. He didn't know nothing about Damon Benny. <laughs> all I, I said, well, yeah, his dad is. Don. He said, oh, Don. He said Benny. Oh, Don Benny. He was like, yeah, go work. With, go work with him. And he's talking about you, but he's talking about your dad. Like, that's the, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm trying to build. No, that's what I am building. And so what reminds me, and and now I'm getting a little emotional. I I see that my son and I have the same 
relationship I can see that you and your dad have. Yeah, you guys are good, man. And that yeah. means the world to He's me. He's a man. good kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and, and so um yeah, you know what I mean? So we'll... You, we'll, know, the, you know the cool thing about that? <laughs> I got to say this, because um, I'm watching this from afar, and I remember Langston used to have all these skills. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And he could do a lot of different things, but he was very mild-mannered. Yep. Wow. Um, uh, meek. Meek is a word I would use to okay. describe. It wasn't... There's a difference between meek and 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 like soft. Soft has okay. negative con- connotations. Right. Meek is somebody that has a certain amount of of he understands his surroundings and he's very um, he's vulnerable around other people because he wants what's best for other people. Right. So sometimes people confuse that. With, Ooh, yeah. Oh, it doesn't have enough killer in it. Yeah, not enough dog. Does, yeah. Does, doesn't have enough dog yeah. in it. Doesn't have enough dog in it. Right. But scriptural tells you, scripture tells you the meek, the meek shall inherit the earth because they're very cognizant of what's going on yep. around other people in terms of what they need. So I used to watch Langston, and I would pit it against what his dad wanted. <laughs> uh huh. Right. His yep. dad was kind of a mama's boy. Uh huh. His dad actually has some has some tough to him, but he can't always be like that because so many people are watching him and critiquing him, so he uh-huh. has to compromise sometimes <laughs> for the greater good. Uh-huh. But Langston was the one guy that you were like, nope, nope, I'm not, it's not getting away from me. It's not getting away from me. I used to watch the conversations you'd have, and you were coaching our little guys. They were second, third grade. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm like, man, he's tough on his little guy. He's tough on his little guy. But I knew what you wanted because you didn't want him to sell himself short because you knew there was so much in there. Right, right. And I'm just watching it, and I'm like, (laughs) man, he's like untapped. He's like on a cold day, man. I looked at Langston as like that sweaty can of soda where you're looking at it, Uh and you're like, ooh. I get that open, you know how good that's about to be. Right, right, right. That's how I looked at Langston yeah. because he was smaller, he was slight, uh-huh. he was younger. Right. But he had all these other attributes, <laughs> yeah. kind of like the sweat on the can, right, on right. a cold day where you know <laughs> when you, you crack. Right. It's like when you go, yep. uh-huh, yep, that refreshing, yeah, refreshing. And that's boy. how I'm watching you guys because you guys are thick as thieves, man. You talk <laughs> about this guy all the time. You uh-huh. want to take him everywhere. Right, and I told right. him, like, you know, and it's just like, uh-huh. That was that was that was intent. That outcome was very very intentional. It wasn't by accident. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times, wow. you know what was cool? I'm not even sure you knew you had those tools in your tool bag. You just knew what you wanted the outcome to be. Most definitely. So you went and got it. Oh, most definitely. That's how I know it's. In, that's how I know it, it's capable for anybody that has a little oh, want to. I agree. Because who modeled that for you? Yeah, really? nobody. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody. I believe that's yep. that's my point. Yep. That's my point. And okay. I look at that relationship. So I don't buy that whole, well, you know, I didn't I never had it modeled to me. I didn't yep. have anybody to do this, yep. this, and this, and this, and this. Because you didn't either. <laughs> that's true. You just made your mind up that you were sick and tired of being sick and <laughs> hey, tired, you're right? right? About that. And you're like, Nope. Right. Not that guy, not on my watch. Yeah, the the uh the generational curse stops here. 
and you're very animate about that. Most definitely. Yeah, man. Nothing <laughs> so but respect. We're going to end part one here. I want to thank Fernando's for, um, you know, what DB just kind of uh, expressed. He said, hey, you just saw the outcome but didn't know how to get there. Yeah. That was the same thing when I started this podcast. Like, all right, I know I want this and this, and now I want a sponsor. <laughs> all right? <laughs> and so I didn't know how to get a sponsor. And all of, lo and behold, I, I, I put foot to the pavement, and, I, and Fernando's uh, took a chance on me, and I, and I appreciate them uh, a lot for doing that, uh, Mitch, the owner. And, and, and Neil, the general manager, excuse me, those guys are great um, for giving me this opportunity. Um, uh, thank you, DB, for for part one, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to get into the sports side of him. Yeah, man, just trying to open me up one one episode at a time, man. Right, because he didn't know this was going to happen. So, no. um, But I knew what I wanted. <laughs> and I didn't know I wanted to get out of this. And this is what I the wanted. The mad scientist. Right, because I wanted people to see the different side of you yeah. and hear the different side of you yeah. uh, and how our relationship began, began and blossomed to yep. where it is today. Even though you still get mad at me. <laughs> and, and vice versa. So <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. This is the, the holiday edition. Everybody out there, have a safe holidays. Happy New Year. DB, to you and your family, I you, thank you, you for you this. as well. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Merry Christmas to them. And uh, to all my listeners, thank you for listening uh, to the Listen Up Podcast with Michigan Lance. Brought to you by Fernandez. A Huda Media Production.